I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast. Everybody, I'm your host, Rich Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. Episode 130, pal. We're doing all right, aren't we? Not bad, is it? I think we've literally got 150 in us, then it's a wrap. Then it's done. Done. Game over. That's Retirement. a good effort, that 150. Well, that's when we get our yacht in Aruba. So, Aruba? Uh, I, I just hear it's like a Caribbean island or something. I love it with some <laughs> shit now or something. It won't be. Aruba must be nice. Uh, oh, it's a little country. Uh, oh, yeah, it's in the Caribbean. There we go. Okay, let's but go to Aruba. That's where the yacht's been delivered <laughs> to anyway. <laughs> uh, how are you, pal? Are you good? Hmm, a mixture oh. of emotions. Oh, what's wrong with um, you? Talk to us. Tell us what's wrong with you. I played golf at the weekend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I bother, but we'll come on to that later I must on. Admit, don't worry about listen, that. Listen, mate. Yeah, we've got me, to go on to that as well. You and me also. But Go- yeah. Golf, eh? It's bloody, isn't it hard? The idea of golf. So yesterday, <clears throat> Sunday, it was, yeah, well, today's obviously Tuesday, you hear this, but it was yesterday for me now. Why? I always make this bit so confusing about the fact we film on a Monday. Anyway, it was Sunday. I got a text off one of my friends saying that him and my other mate were going playing golf and I want to join. But you know what? Yeah, Sunday afternoon golf. It's half past one tee off in the sun. Absolutely. They were playing at a golf course near me in St. Helens called Shirley Park. And it used to be a Muni and it wasn't the best. And it's been like bought out by this business or whatever. And they've made a really sick clubhouse. It's proper nice. And I'd heard that the course had kind of got a little bit better. Yeah. Played and... It had got a little bit better. Had you played it in the past, I guess? Yeah, so ages ago. So it wasn't great. And it was one of those that you could work any whatever you wanted, which is fine. I think you still can, which is quite good. But it was kind of very much catered to absolute beginner golfers, which again, I'm all behind. But there was not kind of a lot of attention goes into things like raking bunkers. You'd get into a bunker and there's actually footprints everywhere and right, stuff, which is, okay. again, it still is to some degree. So I said to my mates on the way, I said, oh yeah, it'll be good actually, because if you two do some tricks, meaning if they mess up, That'll give me some uh, good content for the podcast. Because my mates aren't massive golfers who play occasionally. <laughs> um, but the fool that did the most tricks was myself. Oh. I shot a million. I didn't even keep scoring the end. A million? Uh, a million and one. <laughs> Lost six Pro V1s. And there's a very short hole, a little downhill par four. It's about 250. It's actually two shots at driver. Hit three wood, greened it on this par four. Nice. And three putted for par. <laughs> We're not having a good time with golf here at the moment, it's, are we? It's overrated golf, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's not actually that good. Should we do, should we do, should, I might go back to badminton. Well, you, you've got a bike, so you I can bought, start doing a bicycle, another a little... Well, is it going to be a little craze, this, or are you going to... Yeah, so, no, no I ha- I've bought a bike, a pretty fancy hybrid-type bike, and I, I'm totally in love with it. It's beautiful. You got so it now. It's a piece of art. I got it on Monday, last Monday. And can I be down for you? Yeah. I've not even taken it anywhere at all, anywhere. So it looks nice in the garage at the moment, but I've literally... But there's a reason for that. We were supposed to go out on Sunday. So we went to the, the bike shop because I wanted to get the kids new bikes. And, and because they're getting into it, me and Claire wanted to get some bikes as well. So I had this picture in my head, this nice little scenic imagery where five of us would be just strolling down a canal bank. You know, everything would be fine. Yeah. No, kids definitely not falling in the water, obviously. Yeah. Um you know, every, everything would be lovely. We might have a baguette coming out the front of the basket on Obviously. Claire's bike. And, you know, just lovely, really nice. That's the dream. The yeah. reality at the moment, we ordered five bikes. Two of them arrived. Three of them are late. One of them's arrived now, but not been put together. Um, so we didn't have the bikes for the weekend. Why have you not been out on yours, though? Uh, I've been running too much. 
You've made me run. You've made me... Well, we've actually had a lot of people in the Facebook group who are on this little challenge with us. We've had loads of people putting pictures in of their either treadmill or Strava app or whatever. So it's going well. A lot of people are getting a bit fitter this month. Update so far? I've done 40k. Ooh, nice. You're ahead. You're 40% done then. Yes. Obviously. Uh, I've only done 30k. So I did three 10Ks last week. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm going to try and do two more this week. Yeah. I, I feel like getting that bulk of three done this week, I feel like you are you should be ahead of schedule that I'm guessing, doing oh. 40. Yeah, I did 10. This, I was in the gym at six this morning. I don't want to talk about that, though. I don't want to go on about the fact I was in the gym at six this morning doing 10K, but I was, just so you know. <laughs> well, I was, I was doing other bits as well at six, just uh, working some of these bad boys. <laughs> I'm pointing at my legs, by the way, of <laughs> people listening. <laughs> Um, yeah, so golf last week for me at Conway. Um, well, crap, actually, before we go on to your Conway, I've had a dear Rick that I want to read to you because it kind of alludes back to Conway. Okay. Are you ready for this? So quite early on in the in the podcast for a dear Rick, but I've got one. So <clears throat> you ready for this? Is this advice for myself? <laughs> no, it's, well, it's a question. So it's a dear Rick. I am a big fan of the channel, so I hope this doesn't come across as a troll comment. Oof. One of them. Um, when watching the recent Break 75 and the scores that you shot, I can see you have played played badly, uh, and then you put in brackets, for your standard. I'll be very happy with those scores. You also don't look very happy when you're on the golf course and you're playing, and then you put again in brackets, I get that you've been playing badly, so I'm not expecting you to be really happy when you're playing the golf that you've played. My question is, though, when I play badly... Um, I've really thought about quitting and actually I've had two stints in the last 15 years where I've stopped playing for a couple of years each time. Have you ever been close to actually quitting playing golf? I get that you can't really because you make golf videos, but deep down, whenever you've played bad, have you considered quitting? So my question, Rick, well, the question from this guy is, have you ever <laughs> went to quit golf, Rick Shields? Um, th- there's... The one time, which I've definitely alluded to in the past, that it made me quit tournament golf was that horrible event that I played in Spain. Not the event wasn't horrible. The way I played at Lumina in Spain was horrendous and really, really bad. Um, but no, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. Because what's bizarre when I've played badly and hopefully people have seen it, it's actually it's not every single golf. It's not as if I've absolutely chopped it, like. Part of the two shanks I hit at Conway, I didn't actually lose a ball. Only lost balls on those two shots. Yeah. So, like, my driving was not far off. My putting wasn't great. My play was obviously sketchy with a couple of shanks in there. My short game was shocking. But it wasn't as if I couldn't hit anything. So, I think because I've got a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, it doesn't really ever make me want to yeah. quit. Um, tournament play, yeah. I'm not that fussed about playing in tournament play as... You know, it's been documented over the last few years, but no, I don't. I don't think I'd ever quit. Do you get why people do quit though, or should no one ever quit golf? I, I no, I I kind of get it. Mm. I I hate when I see it, but I kind of get it because let's say you work Monday to Friday, your busy job. You know, you might get home late. You might leave early in the morning. You might get home late in the afternoon or evening. You've not seen your family that much. You, you know, you're not seeing your kids or had a chance to take them to school. And you want to commit to, you know, going out and playing golf on a Saturday morning, every Saturday morning because you're playing with your mates. You've not really had time to practice. You've not really had time to put any dedication in. And you're out there for four or five hours and you've played crap and you've actually not enjoyed it. I, I can kind of get why you might go, why don't I just go and pick up a bike? And go and cycle. <laughs> like Rick Shields. Because, like, other sports, certainly individual sports that, you know, jokes aside, cycling, like, I never feel like I've had a bad run. No. Like, I never go, after a run, I go, oh, that was that was such a bad run. Like, my technique was bad. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel as fit as I could do, but I can almost, like, put it back to I had a heavy night last night. Yeah. Or I've run loads this week. Like, I can put it, I can... Um, contribute it to something. But do you think that's more though because you're often doing the runs for pure exercise where if someone was actually a fairly competitive runner and they went to like a Saturday park run and they did it in 27 minutes, Possibly. oh, it should have been 24 today. Yeah. They might get that feeling. Yeah, definitely. Because it's score, isn't it? Essentially. It is. well, what he what he's saying there as well, and this I saw this in loads and loads of comments. By the way, the, the comments have been amazing this, this last really week, have, yeah. considering I absolutely chopped it round. But it, going off that topic, what he, what he said there, going on a similar line to what he said is that yeah it's about it was a really bad round for me you can noticeably see i played bad but so many people said oh my god i'd i'd like i'd, I'd sell you know my wife to shoot a score <laughs> <laughs> shoot a score that low do you know what i mean like, like the first thing you thought of was his wife <laughs> like i'd, I'd so, sell i'd sell, you a, sell your wife too i'd, <laughs> no, I'd sell a, a kidney to, to shoot a uh-huh. score 
Sell my car. Under, under you know, mid-80s. Yeah. So it's, it is all relative. Like, you look at some of the times when these guys have played on tour. And we, we, we went to the British Masters last week, which we'll talk about in a second. Like, they'll be walking off absolutely fuming at themselves for shooting a 75 or 76. But that's... One of my friends, when I played yesterday, said something along the lines of wanting to be more consistent or wanting to be consistent or whatever. And I said, the thing is, though, you never in golf achieve consistency. I don't think you can. If you look at, like, we've said this before, but some of the tour pros might go 75, 65, or whatever, all the other way around. 100%. Like, I suppose the number of shots might get closer together, which yeah. you could determine as consistency, I guess, but it's not really. If you're shooting 66 and 72, that's quite a long way yeah. off. Whereas a higher handicapper might be shooting 100 and 122. 100%. It's still it, kind of the same thing, isn't it? Again, it's similar, like say, to tour pros. They can go out and shoot 65 and 75. It's 10 shots exactly. different. It's massive. It's massive. It's huge. Like, and, and we saw a bit of that this weekend. I didn't watch loads of the PGA Tour this weekend at the Wells Fargo, but I, I read a story where I think McElroy managed to hold a really good put on the last hole on Friday to just make the cut. Mm. So he, he'd been struggling Thursday, Friday. He goes out Saturday, Sunday. I think he'd finished tied fourth. He, he's the one guy I always think of. Yeah. Thinking of that. He can go 77, 67 like that, can't he? And then you look at Thornbourne. Ollison this weekend, he was leading by a substantial, I think two or three shots going into the final round playing with Marcus Armitage. He had, him and Marcus both had pretty stinking rounds pretty much, you know, for their, at their level, you know, I'm sure they would say that as well. Yeah, Thornborn goes an Eagles 17, birdies 18 to win it. Like that put on the last was outrageous. But for sixteen holes, he's probably been playing pretty crap. Mm. Like he's thinking, I had this in the bag. How have I lost this? And then suddenly, a few other leaders dropped down. Like Richie Ramsey should have been up there. He doubled the last. He dropped down, and all of a sudden, would just happen to be in the right place at the right time and sink two ridiculous putts to win a tournament. Like, um, you know, we went to the British Masters, and how many times? This, I think, the biggest standout. And we talked about this when we we were having lunch. I think. The fact their bad golf is they make a scrappy par, don't they? Obviously, they'll drop in a bogey every now and again, and sometimes, very rarely, a double bogey. But their bad golf, sometimes they can hit a couple of terrible shots on a hole, but they scrap it in on a par. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's more that they can hit a terrible shot, and they'll kind of, they're that good at every aspect of the game. They could miss a green, but the, which is a bad set, say, seven iron. But the chipping's that good. They'll yeah. put the chip fairly close or very close. And even if they kind of don't quite put it that close, the putting's that good, they'll probably yeah. sink the pot anyway. So yeah, the, the, the scoring. But it's an element as well. I think something that Lee Westwood talked about the other day was like this grit and determination. And it's something I just don't have when I'm playing. If I hit a bad shot and I just like walk up to chip, have a quick look and then maybe put it nowhere near, then miss the put and come off with the bogey. They take a little bit more, not even more time, it's more attention on each of the shots and that little bit more attention that little 10 percent more over all your shots it makes a big difference doesn't yeah, it big time didn't i bring up a quote a couple of weeks ago that i heard something like tour pros have really short memories yeah like because they, they how many times i carry and i'm sure you do and a lot of people listening carry bad shots we've hit throughout the round into yeah. the next shot where you look at tour pros and they'll hit a bad shot and they'll have a bit of a whinge and like we saw a tour pro a good friend of ours and i don't want to kind of discredit me on the his, but he had a little bit of a hissy fit on the 18th uh second shot didn't he going into the green kind of did something that i wasn't massively a big fan of but next shot he had a really tough chip he got up and down yeah i'm like nowhere and he forgot that bad shot it's gone out the way it's like forgotten about um the also, skill also people because this is gone out tuesday would have seen my match against lee westwood now Yes, now, I don't everyone, wanna, but... I don't want to rule the, ruin the results. Well, yeah, okay. If you've not watched it yet, maybe just skip forward a minute or two. Um, but that's another example where, like, sometimes if it's not going your way, like the front line for me, I just couldn't, literally couldn't make the ball go in the hole. It was so frustrating. I was kind of nervy and, and just not... not I, I didn't have a nice feeling about me. And it just takes a couple of nice shots on the back nine. Steady the ship. And like the whole round turned round. He wanted like, to destroy you, you know. <laughs> I asked him on the 17th green, I think again I said last week, and he was adamant he was going to win that match. And he, he was going to leave no stone unturned. I like it. But that that is the difference. I don't I don't know if I've got that in me. I feel like I'm quite competitive, mm. but I've not I've not got it in, in me to the level that like these real elite. That's how they get that, to where they get to, isn't it? It's the practice. It's that obsession with being the best. Like they could do anything they would want to win, wouldn't they? 
Yeah. Like you look at it with like even we talked about Formula One a minute ago. Like those guys at the front, they have to win. Like you know, it's so like ingrained in their kind of um, personality. You look at again all the celebrities that were at the um, the F one this weekend. Like you look at like Michael Jordan, he had to win. You look at Serena and Venus Williams, they had to win. David Beckham to a degree had to win. Like it's just it's inbuilt. I wish I could inject it. I wish I could inject that. Kind of steroids. <laughs> it helps a lot. Um, just a quick one before we go, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about the British Masters because we went for the day and it was awesome. Got some good news, a little bit of bad news with more good news. Okay. It's like a sandwich of good and bad news, really. So the good news is the live podcast is fast approaching us. It so is. it's Saturday, the 28th of May in London, yes. the Rick Shields Golf Show live. Um, bit more good news. I've done quite well on ticket sales. Great. Bad news is we've not sold them all out yet. Okay. So the good news for the listener is you can come. It's bad news for us, but good news for the listeners. Yes, exactly. So it's going to be in London. We're going to put a link. If you're watching this video, there'll be a link below. If you're listening, there'll be a link in the podcast description. And we'll also put some stuff on Rick's Twitter and Facebook in the next coming days. So you'll see more about it as well. Saturday, 28th of May. Yeah. It's going to be about half past seven start. The bad news for me is that Liverpool are in the Champions League final. Don't tell people, they'll be like... I don't blame if you don't come. Um, I'd rather go to the pub and watch it myself. I've got to do a podcast. Well, I might just do it on my own. I might. Well, yeah, if you can. Um, If you don't mind. Well, the good news is, if you live in London, you hopefully... Well, not hopefully. You might support a London team yes. or whatever. So it's obviously Liverpool and Real Madrid in the final. And then so, after, we'll be done by half-time. Well, we'll... Um, Maybe. I think we will. I, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know about that. And then we can have some beers and watch yeah. a bit of footage. Well, that's the other good news, that if you're coming, this has got a different vibe. To the, so if the last live podcast we did was almost like a show, wasn't it? We had some guests on. It was kind of, how would you explain it? It was a, sh- it was a it show. It was a show. This one is a lot more of a chilled out vibe, isn't it? You're going to be boozed up. I'll be semi-boozed oh, wow. up. Um, we're, not, we're not actually recording it. So people listening now, we're at the live, we're not going to actually use as a episode yeah it's more of a vibe yeah gotta be there for the vibe really not everyone can be there or get that so it's a shame if you live obviously further away or whatever um but if you are a fan of the podcast you want to come and meet rick get a picture with rick sit on the stage with and him. Guy. um yeah to some degree um it's the chance to do it so it's going to be a very much a, if you are coming we can't wait to see you all it'll be a, we will stay around for beers afterwards you're going to get rat arsed i've heard well i think you know what the plan would be everybody come in yeah. right we all agree we don't go on social media yeah okay and we pause the match five minutes before kickoff, <laughs> okay? Just outside in the little kind of amphitheatre. We all enjoy the show. You and me are vibing, having a few beers, this, that, and the other, right? Then collectively, hundreds of people go behind, press go on the remote, yeah. and on off we go. Or we could go, go to, like, forget the match, really. Let's not be bothered about it. We can have a couple of beers, and everyone can walk out together with you, like we've been to a football match, right? And they can all be cheering, tops off. We are the Shields Army! And we can walk to the local pub. Like, it's a bit like Green Street Elite. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I have. We could cause a bit of trouble in London. Wow. And then get the train back the next day. Well, there you go. Either way, who knows? <laughs> You're only going to find out how it's going to pan out if, if you, come you come in. So it should be good. That is the 28th of May. So there's tickets available online and you can come along. It's a big day today, you know. It's a what? very, very monumental day is it the day that you first are ever gonna get up and down no no that that day's yet to come (laughs) um guess again Mm. what else could it be 9th of may 9th of may i think i know exactly what this is i'm gonna say it is 10 years ago today you did your first ever youtube video oh you spoiled the surprise <laughs> yeah no <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh you just guessed but don't get it right guess it right no no it is it's, ten, <laughs> it's it exactly. 10 years since little ricky over here decided to go onto youtube yeah. and upload press that upload button and uploaded the first ever 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 youtube video on the rick shields golf golf YouTube channel. How mad's that? Draw a medal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I buy something. How mad's that? Very, yeah, well, what's mad is that not only is 10 years a long time, it's the fact of when you first uploaded that video, you would have had no expectations whatsoever. I'd have, had, I'd have started with zero subscribers, yeah. zero views, zero hours watched. I wouldn't have known what 
um, analytics is or, or algorithm or wouldn't have known anything thumbnailing description clickbait <laughs> obviously i knew nothing about clickbait back then because the, the first video was actually called golf swing from above with rick shields <laughs> it sounds like a nice like um what does it sound like golf swing, like almost like a poem or something <laughs> it was 48 seconds long i think because it was the first ever video straight to the point it got 62,000 views. Yeah, because people going older. it didn't at the time. I remember this video, like, having 10 views. Yeah. And that was probably me, nine of me <laughs> and one from, like, someone else. Um, 10 years. And in that 10 years, this is some crazy stats, Collect oh, on this the main YouTube channel, I've uploaded 2,027 videos wow. in 10 years. Obviously, 2.13 million subscribers. That's a bit of a difference, isn't it? Um, I've got some other stats. 59.6 million hours watched and 532.1 million views. So, yeah, please, a medal would be would be it's fantastic. <laughs> you know what's mad, though? Like, I wonder, out of your first, like, 100 subscribers, how many of those people still watch? Imagine if there's some people who've literally been a subscriber from, like, the first or second day or it first like a one, month it. or whatever, and they still watch now. You know, again, it's it's it was a lovely time. I remember when I was uploading these, I was at Trafford Centre. I was wanting to promote myself as a golf coach. I had no idea what kind of YouTube was doing. There was a couple of YouTubers doing stuff. So it was me and my golf and Mark Crossfield and a few others kind of over in the States, but re- a handful, like five max. And I had no expectations. I knew nothing what it would do. Um, and I remember like every time I'd hit a milestone, whether it was honestly a hundred views or 200 views or, a, a, you know, a thousand views on a video was like crazy. Uh, I certainly remember like milestones of getting to like a hundred subscribers. Like I think, oh my God, I've like, I've made it yeah. hundred subscribers. We've got it. Pop the champagne <laughs> open. Um, and it was just like, it was more kind of a, a way of promoting myself as I've mentioned on the podcast loads of times before and in other kind of interviews and stuff. But um yeah, ten years. It feels like it's gone like that. I've certainly aged. Yeah. Beard. Beard. Kids. Three kids. Has the golf got but do you reckon you if you went out now with a match play against Rick Shields of ten years ago, who would win? I think I swing it better now, but I think Rick Shields from ten years ago had that grit. Yeah. He he wasn't scarred. <laughs> he he was he was he was confident, confident individual. You know what's mad though with, with like when you're saying there about milestones and stuff, it is similar to golf. Like you're kind of, in a, I'm kind of tongue in cheek, you know, when I got a thousand subscribers or a hundred subscribers or whatever, but at the time that was a big deal. It's like when people start golf, like you have to break 120. I remember my first ever score was 144. I was like eight years old yeah. and I kept my score card 144. And then obviously you beat, want to beat whatever it might be, 120, 100, 100, 90, 80. Yeah. Like every golfer on tour you think of, whether it's Dustin Johnson or Rory, has broken 100 for the first time yeah. and would have been made up with it. 100%. I, I, I was 11 that I shot 120. And you're right, I was like buzzing. Yeah. I thought it was like, oh my God, I finished 80 that's, that's the th- Exactly, that's the thing. It's finishing the first yeah. time, isn't it? And then even remember my first ever par, the first hole I used to play at, and I'd hit like, Two, three short of the green. I hadn't got on the green in three. I was about 30 yards away and I like pitched it in. That's mad. And I'm thinking like that was my first ever par. Like it wasn't as if it was like fairway green two put. It yeah. was like it was like a lucky par really. It's great. The green. It's great. Like again, I our my golf club, I think I said to you when you came the other week, it was it had a simulator well too early. It had a simulator in about, I'm going to say now, 2001 maybe. It was like it was too futuristic because people couldn't get a head around it, and um, we used to hit balls in there. It was like you used to pay for it, but we used to turn on to free for the juniors sometimes. And I remember hitting a driver a hundred yards. Oh my god! And I was like, absolutely, Buzzing. yeah. Well, you are like because it, it's like it, it. They are these milestones that kind of keep coming. So yeah, no nice day today. Happy to kind of get to that milestone. Thank you for your help, obviously. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, thank you for everyone listening, watching, um, subscribing, interacting. It's been a fun journey. Um, hopefully, ten more years can come. I'm gonna quiz you firstly on a couple of things. Then I'm In gonna ask one thing. Sorry, 149 comments that first video got. 
if you're listening to this, let's see if we can double the comments on that first okay. ever video. Let's see if we can get to 300. Maybe just a congrats on 10 years or Rick, you're a, not a nice person or whatever, whatever <laughs> you want to say. <laughs> Rick, you're a plant pot. Um, out of that 100, not 100, I was going to say 100 years then, uh, 10 years, what's been your favourite ever video to make? And I'm not thinking of one that's necessarily got the most views, but the one that you... St- either now that you look on most fondly or at the time when you upload it, you thought, this is unbelievable. You might look back at that now and think it wasn't unbelievable, but one at the time that you were really, really happy with. Let me just flick through all 2027 and have a <laughs> quick look. Um, I wonder which one it was. Um, I'm most proud of. You know which one I think, from my point of view, is up there, and it's ironic because the Lee Westwood one went out yesterday. I still think the one with Tommy. Yeah, it was pretty there. good. Because you had a tour pro on who at the time... Filmed As a concept. It was, was everything. Perfect. It was the fact that you had a tour pro on who at the time, and obviously still now, is an absolute elite, elite golfer. He was so relaxed on the channel. So that's like kudos to you and to the channel that he was himself on there. It was a video that was something that people haven't really seen before. I think that's a good one. You know which one? Is that, is that really daft one? But I think it's because of the c- kind of coach in me. It was one that actually started off as a Facebook video and we uploaded it onto YouTube, which was like the bump and run. The toe down one. The eight iron bump and run. The amount of comments I get on that from people, like when we were at the British Masters, like 10 people or so, oh, I love your little eight iron bump and run. And for me, it was like a shot that I kind of known as a kid, like almost one of the first shots I ever I ever learn but i'm thinking who did i ever learn that from it might have been a friend who i started playing golf with or a friend's dad where like some people now coming into golf don't maybe have that luxury of having like a friend's dad to show them and i'm kind of acting as that as that kind of soundboard or that that person of advice to give you know little bump and run shots like the coach the comments i got on the coaching videos i just absolutely love you know i've had we it's been very very lucky i think there's been a couple of standout moments, certainly filming. I think the, the probably the number one for me, if not top three, was Min Woo Lee at St. Andrews. Yeah. Like playing St. Andrews in reverse mm. on a Sunday with a tour pro who's a really cool guy with hickory clubs. Like I, I remember standing stand on that seat, like nervous, but almost like pinching myself going, is this, is this real? Yeah. Like this, this isn't real life. Who the hell gets a chance to do this? Because it's so unbelievably rare. Yeah. Like I loved, uh, this was when you were involved actually, I think you kind of helped plan it a little bit when I did the interview with um, Rory McIlroy and Jason Day down at Nike Town. Yeah. Like that was, it was I was well out of my comfort level because it was, again, dead new for me. But I remember sitting there going, this is a really cool opportunity. Yeah. Like sit down with two of the best players in the world, certainly at the time. 100%. Uh, you know, even videos like with Tor Paul, like we get to hang around with the tallest golf, tallest person in Europe, yeah. or like Eddie Hall, the world's strongest man. Like it, it's absolutely it's almost crazy. a non-golf ones that are almost the most like the people that you meet that aren't even golf related, like Eddie Hall. That was a random collaboration, but did really well. Brilliant, and and genuinely all the all the little matches, all the times I played with Pete or Carly or Matt Fryer, um, the times we've had obviously playing with like James Robinson. Yeah. Even spending time with you out in the golf course in the most in like the recent seventy fives and stuff, like you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to call golf my job, and I get to make videos about it. And I genuinely think, in twenty, thirty years time, as long as YouTube doesn't get deleted, there'll be there'll be days where I'll sit and just watch old videos. That is that's the coolest bit, I'd say. I did it. I did it actually yesterday because it got me thinking. Like we when we went to the British Masters and you asked me about the Belfry, and I thought. I've played it definitely, but I can't quite remember when I've played it. I literally just put in Belfry Rick Shields. It's like I've done like twenty videos there, and I can just flip back and go, "Oh God, yeah, this do you was remember, like." Do you, ever, do you remember eight the shots years when ago. you see them, like hit, like roughly? Yeah, like, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember certain. Sh- I almost remember. I remember the outcome before I've hit it on video. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't remember. Oh no, I do remember where this one finishes. This one finishes right, and then I'm like, oh no, I, I got up and down from there. I missed this putt. I, yeah. rem- like, I can't believe I underread it. And I'm talking about eight videos from like eight years ago, seven years ago. I'm like, how do I even remember this stuff? It's madness. Yeah, that is. That's the that's the weirdest bit. That's gonna live for forever. You can watch them again. Like two thousand videos. Like there's so much different content from like say from the coaching videos or the fun entertaining videos to the break 75s to the matches that i've had um 
it, it's been a super fun ride and here's here's to many more years but like i say it's just it's 10 i just can't get over it. it's 10 years it's a big chunk of my cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like life, that isn't it? I'm only 35. That's like a third of my life uploading YouTube videos. I need to get a cake. I wonder what I would have said to myself at like 16. Like finishing school. I kind of wanted to be a golfer. It's kind of what everyone's kind of dream was. I went off to college to go to golf college. Someone said to me, Rick, you're going to be a YouTuber. I'd have gone, shut up. What's, what's that? that? <laughs> what's a YouTuber? But what's mad now? Like I'll, teach, I'll talk to the kids and like I'll tell them because they ask me what do you do. I'm like, I'm a golf pro. And they're like, all oh, right. I say, I make videos. All oh, right. I'm a YouTuber. You're a YouTuber. Yeah. How or, much subs have you got? Yeah. Or I'll t- talk to like cousins or nephews or whatever. And it's like, oh, you're a YouTuber. It's like, yeah, but I'm a golf pro though first. Like, don't forget that bit. But YouTube is a platform and, and, yeah, is, and is a viable kind of job. Well, I think what's, what's unique with, with YouTube and with YouTubers now as well is that even in the last maybe three, four, five years, a lot of people watch YouTube now who wouldn't have done before. You know, it was, it was a very young platform six, seven, eight, nine years ago. Like, my dad loves his YouTube now. But there's so many different genres on there. That like, my brother as well, he watches, like, a lot of woodworking stuff, and he, like, looks up to those kind of YouTubers, if you like. Yeah. My dad watches, like, random caravan videos and stuff. So, so many more people now, like, resonate with a YouTuber and might even have their own favourite YouTuber. Yeah. And I remember, um, it wasn't very long ago, a guy said, oh, all my daughter watches YouTube and all she does is watch uh, kids playing with toys and she's got the same toy herself and he couldn't get his head around it. I said, but do you ever watch Gogglebox? He went, oh yeah, I love it. I said, well, you're literally in the same thing. You're watching people watch TV you've already watched. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was, all oh, right, yeah. And I think even that kind of mindset, it's, it's not very often you get that now. People don't get YouTube. Yeah. More and more people understand it and use it and... Like you said, where will it be in 10 years? In, oh, in my head, I always think, like, oh, it won't be here in 10 years. But why will it not? Like, you might have thought that 10 years ago. 100%. But also, like, when we talk about the certain the milestones, like, because there was no blueprint, there was no... Nobody knew what, how many subscribers could be achieved mm. or how many views could be achieved. And and in golf right now, nobody still does. We're, we're at the forefront, I thankfully. Got- but, like, you, you look at YouTubers who are getting a hundred million subscribers and you think you know maybe golf could get to that number like there's no reason why it can't like you know it could go it could get to 10 million subscribers we know every video could be getting 2 million views and and that yacht in aruba definitely becomes more achievable then but like um it's 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 crazy what's mad and i I always said this to you and some of the lads that obviously work with us now and stuff that one of the ones that i think was crazy was when I started started with you, it was, I think, October 17. About a month or two after that, we went and filmed that St. Anzo Lynx. Oh, yeah. You know this story, but you played golf with just one club. And we had somebody else, Craig Salter, came and filmed and edited it, did a good job. 
And about two weeks after it went live, it hit 100,000 views, which was massive, like absolutely huge. So much so, you actually did a standalone Instagram post. Do you remember it? Yeah. It was like you with 100K written over the top, and you were like, thanks so much, everyone, for watching this video. I can't believe it's got 100,000 views, and it was like two and a half weeks to do so. And we were like, at the time, absolutely made up, and, and rightly so. Yeah. Like That was a massive achievement. The videos very rarely got to 100,000 views, and if they did, it might take a year, two yeah, years, yeah. whatever. That was two and a half weeks. The main channel videos now, like the Break 75s and stuff, do that in like two hours, three hours. Yeah. And that's not like a, a gloating thing. That's just showing the actual... The sometimes scale. you have to look at something, and that's ironically an Instagram post that makes you think... That's only the time that I've been with you. You obviously know it from the actual start when you like used to get 100 views or 1,000 yeah. views. Yeah. And you have to sometimes... It's quite good every now and again to take a step back and look at the actual size 100% like I say it's the scale but yeah on that note massive shout out I've said to yourself you've massively changed the the, the channel and the way that we've made videos and we, we make hopefully everyone enjoy everyone agrees much better videos now the fact that Tim my longest editor has been with me for like seven years Harry who's off today but he, he does a incredible job on all the break 75 stuff mm. matt who does the podcast and sometimes records it <laughs> no i'm joking but obviously he does great on the podcast clips and he started off facebook channel we've got ed now another editor who does all the facebook stuff got amy who like does a lot of the kind of admin work it's like it's a full mm. full juggernaut of a team now which is uh it, it's really exciting so uh so basically i can't quit I can't, as much as I, was, I might start shooting 95s, I can't quit. No, um, it, it's fun. I think the old, that's the only thing that has probably changed my, um, you know, when you put a video out there nine years ago and I got 50 views on a video, it didn't really matter how you played. It wasn't that big of a deal. And now I, I, I play and I put a video out and it's going to get at least half a million views in the first few days. It definitely puts a little bit of a... It does. I should get used to it. No, but just on that, just quickly last thing on this, I think that's changed more so in this last year or two, partly with your own mindset and being kind of almost braver and also with the viewer understanding you more and the channel more because back in the era when you were still like kind of semi-competitively playing like local PGA stuff and or whatever and trying to get into the open, that was good content at the time. But obviously, you were kind of wanting to play well in order to firstly get into the open, get, do well in these PGA events, but also for your own kind of credibility as well. Yeah. You want to be a good golfer. Whereas now, I think people are much more aware that you don't play as much as you probably realise. You are a good golfer by most people's standards, but also you're not going to go out and even break 75 all the time. You will yeah. have some 80s, 85s, whatever it might be. Yeah. And But also, one of the comments that I saw that stood out so much on the last one that was really accurate well, someone was praising for the fact that we could easily, and you could easily shoot that score and go, that's not going on YouTube, I'll come back again tomorrow. Nobody would know. Like, no. Literally nobody would know. No. Those two shanks, you could have just put the third one down and said, let's not film that, lads, let's do the next one. Nobody would know. No. you got a nine. Like You've put yourself out there. And I think people respect that more than if you did play well. If you shot 70 around Conway, great, well done. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact you shot 80, what did you shoot? It wouldn't matter, but whatever it was, it actually showed the real score. That makes so many people feel better because most guys don't go out at the weekend and get 36 Staleford points. No. They get 27, they get 29, they might yeah. get 34 and play quite well. Every now and again, you might get 40 and absolutely shoot the lights out. But most times, it's 30, 29, 31. Yeah. Like, that's real golf. Yeah, it is. It, well, like, going back to our point at the start of this podcast, golf bloody hard. But anyway, that's the last, last point on this. Thank you so much um, for everybody viewing and, and uh, watching 10 years so far. And let's hope for 10, 10 more years. You should buy yourself a bike as a present. You already have. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of 10 years, though, in the future, we want bigger, we want better videos. I've heard rumours, I don't know if this can be spoken on the podcast, Rick, but I'd love you to do so. I've heard some little rumours fishing around the internet, and there's been these kind of speculations for weeks, months, years now. But you kind of told me something that I want to just talk about on the podcast, whether okay. I'm allowed to or not, I don't okay. know. If you're hearing this, it means that we've kept it in, so <laughs> that's good. If you don't hear this, it won't have gone live, so Sorry. I've heard little rumours that you might be, in the summer, collaborating with a channel, a massive channel. Good, good. People want this, and I want this. And I always I tell me this. now what's happening, because I don't know enough about this. Talk to me. Are you going to collaborate with Good, Good? So, talks have started. Yes. And it's looking incredibly promising. This year. Yes. Even though we've been trying to do this for three years, that bloody thing, COVID, got in the way. This year, in the summer, 
Good, good. If you've not checked out Good, Good channel yet, they are killing it. They're doing really good. Like they're good lads. They, they, you know, good golfers. Really good editing. Uh, kind of a more of a, I'd like to think probably a younger demographic, getting lots of new golfers into the game. Young kids making golf look cool. Massively respect what they're doing, and they are hustling. They are working hard. Um, so hopefully we can get an, a killer collaboration, which I genuinely think will break the internet. Yes. So, what kind of collaboration are we thinking? A friendly match, um, because I feel like if we went, you play against them, then they've got such a passionate fan base. We might lose. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. Let's go. Let's let's go out all guns blazing. Um, let's just see. I think a mixture of fun videos, a mixture of a competitive one, maybe competitiveness, in. A, a, a whole mixture of different types of content. I think the plan is for them to come over in the summer, come over to the UK. Um, hopefully I'm not talking out of turn here because this hasn't been kind of booked just yet. Um, but well, we'll I'm be in excited. at some point anyway. Yeah. I'm excited to meet up with the lads. Um, yeah. I'd follow the journey. I'm a big fan of the channels, um, what they're doing. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm, I'm very excited and I think it own the viewer and people who enjoy golf and enjoy YouTube will benefit from this collaboration. Well, that, that's it as well. And I think something that we've become more aware of now as well is that there's so many golf YouTube channels and there's so many good ones now as well. Like good, good. The way they film their course videos so are unbelievable. Like really, really good. And it's not too not, not, <laughs> well not, better than ours. Okay. No, they are very good. Um, but that's the beauty of for us. It's great to see other channels doing well because it makes it does actually make us more almost competitive. We want to up our production value and make sure that you know 100%. our video is still looking good. And, and when we talk about collaboration, that'll be the stuff that you see. But actually, it'll be the collaborations that we talk about off camera yeah. about how do you shoot that how do you get that and they might ask us well how do you how do you get your podcast looking that good or how do you do this and they'll come to the studio and see it and we'll get them on the podcast and it's more it's a collaborative output yeah, that yeah. Pe the viewer will see that but it's actually more of a collaborative kind of input all together or you know like-minded individuals going well how can we all get better how do you do that okay well how do you do that and let, let's exchange ideas and thoughts and let's make the whole platform well, that's better. it that the better their videos are the better it is for us because people watch their videos don't just watch one youtube video a day no, or every two days they go oh that video was sick good good video 100%. was really good oh there's a rick shields video at the side i'll watch that one or vice yeah. versa yeah. so it's good for the whole platform it's good for golf it's good that they'll be getting people into i think we know we speak to a wide audience and certainly younger but a lot of older people as well they speak to a lot of younger people, a lot of yeah. non-golfers watch their videos. You can see on the comments, people say, as you do on ours, but on their videos, they say, I don't even play golf. I watch every good, good video. Yeah. That person might become a golfer, might want to buy a new driver and watch our videos. So it's, it's good for everyone. It, it's uh, it's uh, rising tides rise together. And I feel like that's what us and good, good can do. Um, <laughs> British Masters. We, went very good. we did. We had a bit of a day out. We did. It was like a dad and lad day. <laughs> <laughs> you were the dad sounds <laughs> um it was it was good wasn't it it was it's a, it's so this was the dp world tour british masters um hosted by danny willett at the belfry one of the most famous golf courses certainly here in the uk um uh, hosted the Ryder cup a number of times um a, a world-class venue yeah it looked spectacular you know what word i'm gonna use for it lush yeah it did didn't it yeah it did super green uh, immaculate condition. The golf we we went on the Friday, so it's just before the cut. So all the golfers were out there. Um, I think this was surprising, though. Can you guess what the attendance was for the whole week? The whole week. Oh god, I'm going to embarrass myself here by saying a stupid number. Four million. <laughs> no, um, I reckon there's probably fifteen a day. So I'd say, including Wednesday, seventy-five k. You're not far off. Just over fifty. Uh, I, but it seemed busier than it that, did didn't seem it? Busier. I the open it probably wouldn't be. The open is two hundred ninety thousand this year. It's outrageous. Like to put that into level of perspective. The only time you sort of do notice it was when I saw Torbjorn on the last hole is put. The crowd was probably three or four people deep. Yeah, because everyone collects to that point. Yeah, exactly. Then, don't they? You get that at every shot of pretty much everybody at the open, don't yeah. you? And certainly when it's the last hole, it's like 17, 18, 20 people deep for like what feels like miles. Yeah. No, but I, you know, I I just I was so surprised. I thought. 
it felt like there was more people there. Uh, thank you everyone that came up and said hello, said hello to you and me, either enjoyed the, the YouTube videos or the podcast or both. <laughs> um, and we saw, we followed uh, our mate Sam Horsfield. Yes. And we saw one of the, we literally joined him on the 17th, which is a par five dog leg around the corner. He hits driver straight over the corner. Boom. It was like, yeah, that was pretty. And it sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds hit. Like, even though I've spent time with tour pros, at an event, it seems to sound better. It does. And we walk around the corner. He's there, splat bang in the middle of the fairway. Hits a three wood, pulls it a little bit. Shout out to shout four. Yeah, because he thought he'd pulled it into the crowd. Caught the bunker on the left-hand side. You know, fairly, you know, run-of-the-mill bunker shot, you'd like to think, for a tour player. Opens the face up, flips his hand underneath it incredible yeah. technique this ball just like popped out like a butterfly took one bounce on the front of the green just rolled and dropped eagle, eagle. we're down for three please it's good that one it? it was very good no, I, was gonna, <laughs> I, guess, the only, I was gonna say like these tour pros are obviously clearly streets ahead of how i play golf well that bunker shot i would feel more than confident getting it out the bunker yeah and i'd like to put it within put range but in reality i'm thinking get it out to put make the par Again, shows the difference. He's not thinking, get out and get a par. He's thinking, get out and make a birdie. But he's also thinking, but I do fancy boxing this as yeah. well. And he walks off with a three. It's so just crazy. Good. So good. Gave his ball to a little young that fan was nice who was touch. just loving it. Um, I don't think I would have given the ball away. Why? Because you just made an eagle with it. Yeah, but he said, I have a bunker scuffed. Oh, I don't know. I'd be I'd be dead weird with stuff like that. You know, I, you know, I don't, this is what made me laugh. You say this now, and you were saying that about Woodley Westwood, about all the stuff of like, do you not do that? Like, you're saying things, which I understand because you're not a tour pro, but it's like if somebody watched you and said, what do you do with all your different clubs all the time? You're not swap driver all the time. You're like, oh no, you're kind of over it. It's like the same yeah, thing. true. So what you're I saying know. is you would make an eagle with a ball. You'd walk past a little kid with its big puppy dog eyes say, please, Mr. Shields, can I have your ball? And you go, no. It's my now. eagle ball. Not now. And you snap little... it into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have it now. Yeah, go find <laughs> if it. If you then. find it, you can have it. Um, yeah, it was good. Good atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a chilled out day, wasn't it? It was good. Yeah, there was, like you said, lots of people came up to you um, and said how much they like the videos, which was very nice. I was on cameraman duty, taking pictures for you. You were really good at it, actually. I was. I'm really good at opening an iPhone. And there was another older guy that couldn't, his mate couldn't do it for him. So I had to do it. So I yeah, st- no, stepped were, in and kind of saved the day. You were brilliant. You got um, some great snaps. Really awkward, weird thing, though, which I will mention because it was funny, but it was very cringe, was there's a guy, he might have had a couple of beers. Came oh, up to Rick and he was like, this. Oh, Rick, Rick, Rick. Like, which is, again, you were used to that by this point. Can I get a picture? A few of his mates as well. So, like, Gold got in a bit of a huddle. So, I kind of moved out to the side, obviously, and somebody else at the picture went, Oh, come on, guy, you get on if you want. So, I kind of reluctantly walked over and did an awkward <laughs> smile. And I thought, I thought, Get on if you like. I'm more than happy to not be in the picture. <laughs> get on if you want. Yeah. He said, didn't he say something like, you don't, You're only going to talk about it on the podcast? Yeah, if I would slag it off. In. Yes, but exactly. So, well done. You had your five <laughs> minutes. But I don't know why I didn't just say, No, you're right, mate. If you don't, I don't, I'm not bothered if you want a picture with me, obviously. I, I, I have a get on it if you want. Yeah. yeah, that was a bit of a strange one, that. So, I leapt on it, of course I did. Because <laughs> you wanted to be on it. I wanted to be on it on the squad picture. But um, yeah, the, I just think as well, I know these. They weren't super expensive, the tickets, I don't think. Well, they weren't. I had a look online. Um, if you are ever able to go to a tour event of any day, or any, I know it's hard when people are in work and then the weekends are a bit dearer, it's definitely worth going because we go to that event and obviously we're lucky enough that I've been to many, many golf events now, as obviously you have as well. So some of the stuff that you see, we kind of don't even really focus on. But if it's your first time, there's so much you can just learn just watching them practice watching them on the course just just being in a golf environment it's just great obviously so many kind of like-minded golfers there um a lot of people actually asked weirdly on the podcast group who were going to the belfry what should they wear because oh, if really? you've never been to a, yeah if you've never been to a golf event yeah, before, it's yeah. quite difficult do you go in like your own clothes jeans or whatever do you go in golf attire then you think if i go in golf attire like i'm too keen go in what you want a lot of people wear golf clothes. A lot of people don't. You can wear what you want. So if you're going to the Open this year, it's a silly thing to, might sound a silly thing to say to a lot of people, but equally a lot of people will be going to the Open yeah, for the first yeah, time and true. not know. Wear what you want. If you want to wear your golf shoes because they're comfier, wear your golf shoes. If you want to wear your polo. Yeah. It, 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 obviously there's no real dress code, but you, you kind of feel like you want to be in it a little bit. I take, here's a good little tip. And I, I did this when, when we met up with Sam, because sometimes when you, if you, 
you're spectating and it's not a big massive event obviously british masters is quite quite a big one but there's no there's no way of understanding how far people are away from the hole mm. so i had my i had my garmin on me and i logged into the golf course just so you can get a bit of an idea of how that was far, a bit golf nerd how far away they are <laughs> cool. Do you know what i mean it's don't quite, take a laser though i think a laser is a bit too much um, I, I can appreciate binoculars, even though I don't think I'd take them myself. I can I can appreciate That's that. That's even a grandstand. You have a little look around. But yeah, GPS watch. You can mm. just have a little like, oh, I wonder how far he is here, yeah. and just kind of you know scale it in. Yeah. Um, Your Garmin GPS watch. My Garmin S sixty. No, it was great. Um, again, I know I keep saying this every single week on the podcast, but it makes me even more excited for the Open, it just does. because being at golf events is fun. It's different. It's not like any other sporting event, I don't think. Maybe cricket, but I don't know. I mean, cricket is different because, weirdly, when you go to a golf event, you don't actually watch that much golf, really. We didn't see that much. We probably saw 30 shots. Yeah. But you, you just it's just maybe a bit more than that. In fact, how do you reckon? I bet it wasn't many more than 30 shots. Um, yeah, you know, you're probably right. It's somewhere between 30 and 50, isn't it, really? Yeah, if you sit on a grandstand, then you see a lot more. you'd see a lot. If you go to the bar, you'll see none. Unless you're having different kind of shots. Oh, yeah. Well, talking about golf events. Yes. Talking about ticket prices. Talking about some of the best golfers in the world. Live podcast in London. <laughs> live golf events. Yes. So I'm sure a lot of people, certainly if you've got your ear on the ground, have heard about the live golf events. This is the, will often be called the Saudi Golf League. Yes. Um, the first event is taking place in London. And ju- I'm just going to go on ticket price straight away because there's been a lot of backlash. If I want to buy a ticket now to go and watch, I don't know who I'm going to go, go and watch, by the way, because it's not been announced who's actually playing in it. It's all a bit secret, secret at the moment. It's nearly £70 a ticket. It's a lot of money, that. For you don't actually know who you're going to go and watch right now. You might get some of the best players in the world playing, yeah. but it's so wrapped in kind of secrecy at the moment. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? it it's a lot. Well, it, it, it's how you look at it. In some ways, if you think of a golf event, if a ticket 70 quid, you could go at the crack of dawn, you could stay till it goes dark. So in that sense, it's better value than football, definitely, than other sports. But what's di- different, I think, with this one is two things. Like you said, you'd first don't know who's going to be there. It's like when you go to the Open, you know that Tiger's going to be there, Roy's going to be there, etc. So that's the first thing. And the second thing that's a bit weird about it is the fact that this Saudi Golf League, or sorry, Live Golf Invitational or Saudi Golf League, whatever you want to call it, has obviously been pumped full of money. Millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions even, I think. And, and that's advertised how much the players yeah, are making. The player's going to make five squillion quid for shooting 85. Yeah. But yeah, if you're a punter that wants to go, you've got to pay a lot of money. I think they would have been so much better off from a public image if they'd have made tickets either free. 100% or free. Or like a tenner. So yeah. it's almost like stupidly cheap because it's like that's if they sell ten thousand tickets seventy quid, so that's seventy grand. No, seven hundred grand. I think. Yeah, that's not going to make you know. So it's it's a tiny yeah. dent. It's nothing in 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 the money cash cow that this is being. It's being kind of tipped for this massive purses, massive money the, these players are going to make, which is obviously lucrative enough for them to be falling out with sponsors and tours and fans that's what that's what's happening yeah to then charge so much for a ticket i think it's a real own goal this live golf it's obviously we've talked about it many times and we will continue to do so it's such a big talking point in golf but what's frustrating me about at the moment is i'm definitely keen for for change for for more exciting golf formatting that's better for the viewer yeah so that i'm excited for that whether that's this tournament or other things. Well, we first off spoke with Andy Gardner yeah. about the Premier Golf League. Exactly. What I'm not keen on with this so far, the main story is about how much money. Obviously, there's a Saudi thing, which obviously naturally gets a lot of people not happy about it, which I understand. But then the second thing, the kind of more golf side of things, is that all the real output I'm hearing is about how much money the player's going to get. It's nothing about the fans at care. all at the moment. Like when I watched the F1 yesterday, I don't care how much Verstappen gets. I actually don't know. No, I don't I don't, I don't. don't care if it's 1 million quid or 10 million. I don't care. So that's the first thing. It's like, yeah, it's great the golf's winning loads of money, but they're already multi-millionaires anyway, so I'm literally not bothered. The other thing I don't like as well, a lot of the people that are potentially going playing, the way they're going about and things are saying, it's really... Not nice. Like, no. the whole thing with Sergio the other day with what he's on the PGA Tour, I'm sure a lot of people have seen. I can't wait to leave this tour. Only a couple of weeks left. 
that then naturally reflects badly on the new tour. Of course it does. So it's, it feels like there's so many things that are kind of tarnished. And just another thing on this as well we haven't touched on. I've seen quite a lot of comments from people asking about why we didn't talk to Lee Westwood now podcast about it. So there's actually two reasons. I've got two reasons. Well, well, first off, basically it was under embargo. That's the first one. So he, he, he said at the start of the podcast, well, listen guys, podcast. yeah, off podcast, I, I can't talk about it. Because I said, you know, are we, can we ask you about it? He said, I can't. Yeah. Like my response point, would be, he was under embargo. my response would be, I can't say anything. Yeah. And now since that last week, he did get interviewed by Sky, Sky Sports, Sports and he came out with a little bit more. So whether, whether some level of embargo is lifted, um, but it, but it's, when we certainly, I don't know if this is your follow up point. When you sat with someone for a full, full day in a full podcast and filming the whole afternoon, you don't really want to piss off either. Well, it's kind, it's kind of that, but but also, well, firstly, he'd said, I can't talk about it, so we're not going to push him. Yeah, we are happy to ask questions, or you have as well, a bit awkward, i.e., when you ask Bryce and about not shouting yeah. for so that's not off the record. But also, when we have these, somebody, a few comments saying, when you interviewed Lee Westwood, you didn't ask him this. I personally, I don't know about you, I don't see this as interviews. I, I think of interviews kind of very much kind of you asking questions back and forth, you have a, a right to know the answer to. We almost see them as a guest on this podcast and we want them to feel very relaxed and at home and, and not like they're getting grilled. So if he hadn't have said to us at the start about the lift thing, we would have 100% asked about it and maybe gone into a few of these things. But if he said to us, off, which people didn't know, he said off, off the record, I can't speak about it. We're not then going to start pressuring him and go, go on, like, you know, in, in the podcast. Yeah. Just, and we want other big guests to come on. It's just not how we are. No, I mean, it's a bit like the, did you see the interview last week of uh, Suzanne from Good Morning Britain? Yeah, with Boris Johnson. Like, that's an that's interview. Exactly, that's a, you know, that's a and, grilling yeah, interview. Rightly so. Like, when Piers Morgan interviews certain people, it's a grilling. Where this isn't, it's know, a I sit think, down, friendly, nice chat that we don't need to kind of pull up things like this if he does if he can't talk about it if he could we would have asked him are you going to be playing in it what do you think about a few things but again i'm not we're not going to stand there and grill him and go what about this what about that what about this because that's not who we are well, and, that, and what we do and we're not journalists exactly like, when yeah. he got interviewed by sky sports they're ju- they're actual journalists who are trying to get this a- do a these great answers, job at it. these answers out of these guys and they're also being pressured from they're big bosses we need an answer from lee westwood we need it well, we're not pressured by anybody. Like I don't, we don't need to do it. So, either way, live golf tour. Um, the first event's actually very soon. It's a month away. We still don't know who's playing in it. We know uh, rumors. We know rumors of Westwood, yeah. Garcia, Mickelson, Adam Scott, maybe. I Adam think I've heard Scott. Um, Who else was there? Patrick Reed, Reed, yeah. the, the, Richard Bland. I think I've heard. Richard these are all Bland. rumors on the internet. So there's no nestled truth in these. But. Um. It, I just don't know how it's going to pan out. Well, I really I'm, don't. I'm excited to see how it goes. And I'm also excited to see, again, at the moment, there's been a lot of, and we actually don't know this because the Lee Westwood video is going out today for us. So it'll be out already. If there'll be a lot of comments on that about people who aren't happy with him potentially playing in it, I don't know. I'm interested to see though, how that, if it changes, like if these players go to these events and they end up being good events and good TV, Will people then kind of warm to it? Or is the fact it's coming from Saudi so fundamentally wrong in so many people's opinions and minds, they will never give it a chance and they will never entertain it? I don't know. Could go either way. It's eight events, pretty much one every month, one in June, two in July, September, September, October, or three in October. It's not going to be long before we find out the answer to all of these questions like who's playing in it and is it successful i mean there's a there's a line on the website the grass is always greener when you're standing on it that's on the website so it's like it's it's just mystery like i feel like they've gone out this obviously greg norman's kind of fronting this they've gone out this and and they're trying to sign the best players in the world or whatever they're trying to do but then it's so under wraps it's hard to get excited about it when you don't know who's going to be playing. Really, really, really hard. And then, like I say, when you're charging 70 quid a ticket, then I just think that's such an own goal. really is. Um, what else do we need to talk about? I think that's pretty much everything I had, really. Yeah. Um, sorry. I bought an iPad mini, randomly. Yeah, that was a waste <laughs> of money. Have you used it at all? Uh, it's not... Uh, nah. Uh, nah. Uh, nah. I've charged it once, and it's not run out of charge yet. 
Okay, that's a good, yeah, that's a good so sign. So tell me how, that's how much I've used it. Um, new Break 75 is coming out this Friday. Um, already been filmed and better golf. From Sophie Walker. From Sophie Walker. She Sophie played fantastic. She was very um, good. I played better. That video will come out Friday, 4pm. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, so hopefully see some of you at the live podcast. Again, tickets are available. Coming at two, coming at three, coming at one. I'll be your mate. If you want to come on your own, you're thinking, I don't know who I'm going to sit with. Sit on your own for the little bit, maybe. But then afterwards, come and have a drink with us. You could also sit, next, five. To a, sit, sit, uh, sit next to a cartoon character. Yes. So over the when we were at the British Masters, we met up with a golf scratch book. Yeah. Makes cool illustrations. Which you might have seen some of them on Instagram and stuff. He's so, they're so, so good. Uh, we had a little chat, podcast exclusive, about maybe, just, just maybe, just maybe, doing a little bit of merchandise, exclusive merchandise for the live show. Yeah. And if it goes well, it'll be available on a bigger scale. Thank you, everybody. We'll Episode see. 130. We shall see you next week. See you then. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 